Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush. Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday. James Golden, a.k.a. Mr. Snurdly, here with you. If you'd like to join the program today, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. Today is, or would have been, the 34th anniversary of Rush Limbaugh syndicated show. A very dear friend of mine wrote, sent me a text this morning, very early in the morning, just like, wow, I can't believe it, and... uh Understood that. So all the ditto heads out there, happy anniversary anyway. Uh, there's a story in the New York Times today. Why is it so hard to find afford- an affordable apartment in New York? And it is just why, they ask. Why is it so difficult? Well, there are reasons. The New York Times, according to the uh, author in the New York Times, authors a half a century ago city planners warned that new york city could swell into a monster city of 55 million people and so to avoid that catastrophic fate the city passed a major overhaul of zoning rules in 1961 that limited the size of buildings and how many people could live in them Now, says the Times, a long-standing housing shortage, partially fueled by those constraints, is uh, inflaming a crisis in housing affordability. The problems reflect a national phenomenon, further fueled by the popularity of New York City. More people want to live here than the city can accommodate. That drives up prices for the housing that is available. Now, wait just a minute. Two years ago, one year ago, remember all that talk about how New York is dead, it's never going to be the same, oh, COVID, oh, we, this is after, of course, 
New York liberals shut down businesses and fired city workers that had kept this city together. This is after Democrats did everything they could to destroy the working men and women of New York. Democrats also put their sledgehammer of power on the heads of landlords, which, uh, by the way, isn't mentioned as one of the causes for the problems in this article, at least not up front. But the article goes on to complain that less than homes that rent for less than $1,500 a month, the number of those is shrinking. The median rent, median rent on apartments leased in June in New York City, $4,000 a month rent. Now, $4,000 a month rent, that's, you're, you're, paying, you're paying mortgage prices on a home that could be close to half a million dollars with that. So the barriers are said to be zoning requirements that keep large swaths of the city from putting up multi-story houses, Make sure that we keep that suburban feel. And you can see that in Queens. You can see that in Brooklyn. Parts of the Bronx, you can see it in. But the city has also had swings in population up and down. And then they go through a little history. They say the rules put in place in 1961 preserves a lower-density suburban feel throughout vast swaths of the city, essentially making it illegal to build anything other than one- or two-family homes in many areas. The city, grappling with crime and financial difficulties, lost population in the 70s, dropping from about 7.9 million people in 1970 to about 7.1 million people in 1980, but it rebounded and reached 7.3 in 1990 and more than 8 million in 2000. And it says, when Mayor Michael Bloomberg took office after the terrorist attacks of September 11th, he undertook a huge reshaping of the city to help it recover, boost its economy and population. You know who it doesn't mention in here? It doesn't mention Mayor Giuliani. It doesn't mention that during Mayor Giuliani's term, that rebound that they talked about that that allowed population to grow in New York City was due because Mayor Giuliani cleaned New York up. And, of course, the New York Times will never give him credit for that. So instead they point out how Mayor Bloomberg was the best thing since sliced bread Etc. Etc. The Isolinthi article goes on to say that there have been several attempts to uh, change the zoning laws, and it talks about how several council people in New York have killed some of the solutions that could have happened with individual developments here, and that doesn't get enough attention. Also, remember that several council people. And several congresswomen like this AOC character. AOC and her Democrat cohorts 
some of whom are on the city council, killed off so many jobs when they blocked Amazon from making their headquarters in New York. And that rarely gets mentioned. Long Island City is in a boom. And whatever the zoning laws are, they don't apply to Long Island City, apparently, because Long Island City is now beginning to bleed into the New York skyline. And if you look at certain angles from the west looking to the east, it almost looks like Long Island City is part of the Manhattan skyline. So there's a lot of growth there. But I ask you, New Yorkers, why do you think there's a housing crisis in New York? And I'll tell you one reason. Landlords in this city are beat up by these Democrats. In this article, there's more talk about rent stabilization, rent control. Rent control hurts growth. When you control the amount of profit, legitimate profit, and you try to fix the market prices, and that's all this is, is price fixing, you don't allow for the proper development that the free market would provide for. Now, maybe it is time to loosen. And I'd love to hear from some of you that live in the quote-unquote burbs, that live in Queens, that live in sections in Queens, like maybe Jamaica Estates or some of the other sections in Brooklyn that still have the old neighborhood feel, or Staten Island, the Bronx, the neighborhoods that exist, because the Bronx has a lot of high-rises already. Do you think that people should be allowed to develop more high-rises to accommodate more people? Do you think that this endless rent control ought to continue, where people get subsidies, pretty much, because the government is limiting how much an apartment can go for? And people can sit in apartments for year after year and not have to worry about being priced out in some cases. I think that crime, of course, pays, plays a role in it. There are certain neighborhoods in New York that are unsafe. Let's face it. There are some neighborhoods that were excellent neighborhoods to live in in the 1960s, and they're not excellent neighborhoods to live in now. Thank you, criminals. And thank you for the soft-on-crime attitude that these Democrats and progressives have brought to New York and every other blue city in America. Brooklyn dog walker pulled to ground in headlock by would-be rapist in broad daylight. Broad daylight in Brooklyn. Just before 8.30 p.m. Saturday, woman out walking her little dog, locked in a chokehold, dragged to the pavement by a would-be rapist. Horror! That's right. Everything caught on a security camera. This happened near Woodbine, Woodbine Street and Ridgewood Place in Bushwick. A man described as 30 years old, roughly 5'8", sporting black dreadlocks, a thin mustache, and goatee, sneaks up behind the woman, grabs her in a sleeper hole, pulls her to the ground. Thankfully, after this guy started grinding against her over her clothing, this woman was able to get away. But 
this would-be rapist is still on the streets. And even if you were caught, Democrats and their cronies in the uh, DA's office would probably throw him right back on the streets and release him. Not all the news today is of the local nature. There is one international story, if I can, I'd I'd like to get to. If we don't do it today, we'll try to do it maybe tomorrow or later in the week, and that's Germany. Germany is firing up its old coal plants again, C-O-A-L. All this business with Russia, Ukraine, hey, we shut off your gas. We're shutting off the pipelines to you. Germany and not just Germany, throughout Europe, all of a sudden, they're firing up their coal plants again. Fossil fuel, coal. They're even allowing coal to be transported over the rails, which some people are complaining about because they think it'll disrupt service for the passengers. You know, over there, there's a reverence for rail travel, unlike here in the United States. But isn't this odd? At the very moment that Joe Manchin sells out the United States by embracing this Green New Deal agenda of Joe Biden and the Democrats, Europe is turning its back on it. Europe's saying, okay, this stuff is killing our economy. We have to go back to fossil fuel if we're going to sustain ourselves. What an odd juxtaposition this is. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. Again, telephone numbers 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And we will be coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You recognize that? Some of you hipsters. Chubby Checker. Let's do the twist. Sixty-two years ago today, this record was released and took America by storm. I think the twist was the first dance I learned as a kid. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Or maybe it was the boogaloo. It was the it was the uh, twist. I like the beat. I give it a ten. The uh, view. You know, I don't really, I don't watch The View. So the only thing I do is read about The View and comment on what I read. I I will not, I could not pollute 
my environment by watching The View. The guest host, one of their guest hosts, that dreadful woman, Anna Navarro, slammed Governor Ron DeSantis on Monday today for focusing on drag and said that she has not yet seen a kid who dies from being exposed to a drag queen. As if that somehow is the standard that we should apply to whether drag queens should be introduced as part of a regular reoccurring theme for underage children, children that are really too young to comprehend in total what they're seeing. Navarro claims that Florida is dealing with a housing crisis, an insurance crisis, a climate crisis, and DeSantis is too focused on child being exposed to children being exposed to drag shows. This is because there was a Florida bar, and they had some little toddler in there with this drag queen that, you know, whatever. And DeSantis is like, look, we have laws against this. So he's enforcing the law, and of course, that upsets these this woman, this Navarro woman, I looked at the top causes for endangerment for children of children's death. It's firearms, it's car accidents, it's drownings, it's not drag queens. Yeah, well, you know, some of us put grooming in that category too, Miss Navarro. And just because you don't, just because you Democrats embrace this grooming of children for sexual highly sexualized behavior at young ages doesn't mean that everyone else does. Mr. Navarro, you want to take your kid to a drag show? Go ahead. You want to perform drag as horrid as that imagery would be? Go ahead. You want to sexualize your own kid, Ms. Navarro? Go ahead. No one's going to stop you if it's behind closed doors. But for the rest of us, many of us in society appreciate what the governor of Florida, Florida is doing. And by the way, the governor of Florida, when New York schools were closed and these kids were told that they also, when they were finally allowed back in the school, had to mask up and wear those masks for eternity, even though there was no science behind it. In the state of Florida, children were free, thank you, to that governor there, not to your governor who you cannot criticize. The governor in Florida and the legislature in Florida wants to put an end to this sexualization of young children that your party is obsessed with. It is not Republicans looking for a fight. Republicans are responding. uh... Republicans are responding, responding to what Democrats have done. They're not going out seeking this. Do we have, do we have it? What do we have? Okay, thank you. I'm going to get to that in a moment. Yeah, we have, in fact, you have the lib of TikTok. Let us listen right now to another teacher in the schools exactly what we're talking about. Something really inspiring and also a little bit concerning I'm hearing a lot of teachers talk about is asking students their pronouns. This tells me that these teachers care about their trans and non-binary students and want to make them feel comfortable in class. 
Unfortunately, asking about pronouns can make trans and non-binary students more uncomfortable because they're forced into a situation where they either need to lie or are forced to come out when they're not ready to. That's why this year I created these survey cards that ask students their pronouns, if they're comfortable with me using those pronouns in front of their peers, and definitely if they're comfortable with me using those pronouns with their parents and families. This strategy was inspired by a tweet by Ellie Ehrlich that circulated on social media. My cards also ask students the name they want to be called in class, as well as their most trusted adult in the building. As a bonus, these first few days of class, I can use them as cold call cards. Comment with your strategy for asking about pronouns and DM me if you want me to send you my template. Okay, this is what's going on in schools. You have these teachers willy-nilly coming in with their own curriculum of how they're going to introduce homosexual behavior, how they're going to introduce non-binary behavior, how they're going to introduce drag queening and everything else in these schools. For goodness sakes, these kids this age are supposed to be learning how to read, how to write, how to respond to each other in social settings, how to deal with the discipline of learning, how to think for themselves, how to do arithmetic, how to do math. And instead, what they're getting is this this indoctrination by these highly sexualized groomers in school. And that's what they are. They're groomers. These people are more interested in grooming these kids to be future homosexuals, future transgenders, future anything else. They're trying to create a culture that says to these kids, do not be happy with what you are. Join us in our lifestyle. And Ron DeSantis and others in Florida said, no way, stop this. Leave it for parents to decide sexual matters. And that's just not, by the way, homosexual or transgender matters. It's, 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 it's straight heterosexuality as well. Leave that to the parents at these tender ages. And then we get people like Anna Navarro and these women on The View basically defending the most outrageous behavior. Ay, ay, ay. Bringing young kids into a bar, which is illegal, and not only a bar, but a bar that's featuring this drag queen nonsense. We have Democrats who've put this drag queen storytelling business in every single school around this country that they can think of. And parents didn't realize what was going on. This is one of the side benefits of COVID. They finally got a chance to see what Democrats were doing to their children. And you have these Democrat wacko liberals and their pundit class intent on defending this. In every single neighborhood in Blue City, there are sections of those neighborhoods where kids are being underserved by their schools. They come out of schools not knowing how to read. They come out of schools not knowing how to write or speak English. They come out of schools with values that are highly questionable. They are unprepared when they leave 
grade school, middle school, and high school to participate and achieve in a very competitive world. And instead, all these teachers seem to be convinced that they need to do is show these kids how to perform in the bedroom. There is something that is so perverse in all of this. It is downright perverse that these people think it is normal behavior to introduce young children to this hypersexualized lifestyle while these while they're still in their formative years. And these pundits like Miss Navarro can't get beyond her own political hatred of Republicans, cannot get beyond her own political hatred of all that is not progressive and liberal to actually condemn this perverse behavior that should have never been allowed in America's schools in the first place. It's time to flush the toilet. It's time to flush the toilet on these progressive liberals and their grooming of young children. And when that toilet flushes, it is time to flush away also some of these pundits on the liberal and progressive side who cannot find it within their own intellectual capacity to demand that America's children not be abused by these sexual perverts. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Coming back, more to go right after this. Joe Biden is a rabid dog. He should be beaten to death with a stick. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Unchain my heart. Unchain my heart. Baby, let me be. Unchain my heart. Unchain my heart. Because you don't care about me. Rick Charles brings us back. You got me sort of like a on WABC Talk Radio 77, Cats at Night tonight. Very special show. John's going to be remote. It's all about golf. You're going to want to be here. Cats at Night right after this show. Now, listen, I want to make something very, very clear. That sounds like Richard Nixon. I want to make something perfectly clear. Um, that's what he used to do. I want to make something perfectly clear. Um, I am not opposed to gay people, transgender people, I've said many times, and I will say it again, I believe that dysphoria is a very real condition. I am not at all mocking it. I do not mock it, and I do not take it lightly, and I understand that that people do suffer from dysphoria. Real, okay? And when I say the word pervert, I'm not targeting homosexuals, and lesbians. There's something perverted about heterosexuals that prey on children. There's something perverted about any adult preying on young children and trying to groom them into sexual behavior. So I just want to be clear with where I'm coming from with this so that there are no misunderstandings 
And let me just say this while I'm at that, because there's a story today in the Los Angeles Times uh, editorial. I think it was by the, uh, here it is, by the New York, the Los Angeles Times editorial board. It said senators is calling on senators of the United States to protect marriage equality as soon as they can. In other words, to because the shaky foundation of the Oberfell versus Hodges ruling was drawn into question by Justice Thomas when the Roe decision was made. What the L.A. Times is suggesting is that the United States Senate, of course, House, it ought to be codified into law so that there's no doubt about it that marriage equality is something that is desired in American society. Now, if you had asked me about this 15 years ago, I would have said no way. No way. But we have lived through now a campaign that my side lost on gay marriage. And everything, one of the things that I believe in is intellectual honesty. If you're going to if you're going to take a position, be intellectually honest to be to see it through or to say you were wrong about something if it turns out you were wrong. One of the things that we were told that if we codified in any way or the court allowed gay marriage, it would harm the institution of marriage. It has not. One of the defining moments for me came when I saw um, a Democrat senator that I usually have very little, uh, how shall we say, respect for, make an argument on the Senate floor that people should not be discriminated in the military because the person that they love happened to be of the same sex that they were. That instead, if their love of country, their love of America, wanting to serve America, should be the guiding principle in us honoring their service. That argument, to me, it it touched me. And... So the bottom line is, if you ask me today if I think that same-sex marriage should be reversed in America, no, I don't think it should be reversed. If Congress goes and says, okay, we're going to codify this, okay. And I understand that there will be, there are religious arguments against it. I understand that. But we are a nation ruled by the Constitution and liberty and justice. And there is nothing in the Constitution of the United States of America prohibiting same-sex people to get married. And so it belongs to the states. Now, if the, 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 the government, the federal government, wants to come in and say, okay, this is now not a state issue, this is a federal issue, we're going to make a one-size-fits-all law, as long as it passes constitutional muster, that is what it is. I don't believe in trying to hurt people, and I know you don't either. I know all of us, most of us, what do we want? We just want to live our lives in peace. We don't want anybody trying to hurt us, and we don't want to hurt anybody else. That's what most of us are all about. And most of us are appalled when we see people that seem to be intent on intentionally hurting others, especially children. 
and especially the elderly in America. Most of us want the rights of other people and their freedoms and liberties respected, just like we want our own freedoms and liberties to be respected. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-WABC. I've got a story I do want to get to about Pennsylvania Department of Education. Their website is listing all these gender-neutral pronouns, Z, XE, and all this stuff. Again, what is the mission of schools? The Pennsylvania Department of Education apparently believes that these gender-neutral pronouns and all this stuff are ways what they should be involved in. I would argue that they should focus on educating children with the basics so that they compete in the world and leave all this sexual and gender stuff out of the curriculum. But then, that's just me. Let us start with Alan in Orange. Alan, welcome you on WABC, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy's, well, Snurdy's Rush Hour. Hi there. How you doing, Bo? Glad to be on again. Thank you. And uh, and by the way, I think your choice in music is uh, impeccable. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. With that, with, with that said, uh, you had mentioned earlier in the show about uh, Germany and maybe other European countries going back to using coal. And uh, whilst it is uh, a necessary thing, I, I told your uh, call screener, that uh, the one bad part about it is all the fly ash that it generates. They don't know what to do with it. It's very toxic. Mm -hmm. So um, my suggestion uh, to whoever would listen is to concentrate on carbon net neutrality. Maybe come up with some alternative fuels that uh, we don't have to take out of the ground to run our vehicles and equipment. How about trying to capture the ash so that it doesn't harm people? How about clean what people are calling clean coal, which is not impossible to do if we put our minds to it, to make the natural resource of coal an efficient but clean source of energy. And people have been working on that for, for decades. And I, you know, I hear what you're saying. And believe me, I don't, again, this, this falls under the same rubric that we were just talking about. I don't think most people want to see people hurt. And that even includes by pollution. But society has to have energy. Coal is an abundant source of energy. With all the technological and intellectual know-how that this civilization can produce, produce, there's got to be a way to make coal one of the most clean-burning energy-efficient means of energy that there is. And the coal industry was working on that, by the way, before they were thrown under the bus by all this talk about solar panels and wind turbines and all these other things that cannot sustain large societies. You get the last word. Go ahead. Um, It's not so much... uh what goes into the air when the coal's burned it's what's left inside the you know inside the uh furnaces they they have to do something with that leftover ash and there's not a lot you can do with it it's got to be stored somewhere and it, in the past we've had a lot of uh you know disaster environmental disasters with stuff like that where stored coal ash was 
uh, in, a, in a, pool, a pond, and it broke free and wrecked all the villages and towns below it, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But, Again, I'll reiterate. I think there must be some means of addressing this by people way smarter than this than I am, maybe not smarter than you on it since you brought this to my, my attention. But I, I've got to believe that human ingenuity and innovation can solve this problem so that human beings can use natural resources safely and efficiently. But I thank you for that call. Appreciate it very much. Let us go to Christine in New Jersey. Hi, Christine. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for answering me. I call for two reasons. One, to say thank you for talking to me last week. I talked about my diner in Ogdensburg. Oh, yes. A number of, yeah, a number of people came in saying we heard you on James Golden's station. I mean, James Golden's show. So that was fun. But now we have to do a little dance for them, and that's kind of weird. But um, <laughs> yeah. if you remember, if you remember the reference. I remember. Reference, you two are the two that have, my, how shall we say, uh, commendable yes. assets. Yes, and my my business partner got a little mad at me for announcing publicly that you've got a big blank. So okay. I said it was both of us, but that was that was fun, and it was really nice um, of you to let us shout out the, the name of my place. Um, and then the other reason I called was a couple nights, I think it was last Thursday, my partner and I went to um, a fair in West Milford, New Jersey. And it was a fun, you know, metaphysical type of fair. But they had a drag show. And first of all, the, the drag queens, shall we call them that? Mm-hmm. They were not the best best looking ones I've ever seen in my life. They were <laughs> okay. quite hideous. Like, I was, I was scared. Like, they, were, they weren't fully dressed. They were men, and they weren't really dressed as fully women. I can't explain it other than they were showing their own flat chest, if that can make any, that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it, and yeah. it was terrible. Their wigs were bad. Their lip singing was bad. But what, what the problem is, is, is I don't care. Let your freak flags fly. I don't really care about that. But there were little kids that were putting dollar bills down their shirt. Oh. And handing them money. And I couldn't believe these parents were letting their little kids do this. I'm talking about eight-year-olds, five-year-olds. Disgusting. Disgusting behavior. Look, Christine, I want you to call back, but I want you to give another shout-out to your place right now. And uh, so we can... thank you so much. And then then we got to go to a break. So give us a shout-out. Where are you? No dances, folks. The dances are over. (laughs) Yes, they're over. It's Gemma's Country Kitchen in Ogdensburg, New Jersey. Um, and it's on uh, it's three three four Main Street in Ogdensburg, which is a fantastic town. There's a lot of there's a couple things to do there that are really fun. So it's a good town. Great, so Christine. So lovely to hear from you. Thank you, James Golden, aka Snurd. We're coming back more right after this. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> This is the GRP artist, Lee Rittenauer, with the Brazilian superstar, Dejavan, singing vocals. The song is called Asa.
on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you're wondering what language this is, it's Portuguese. You know, a lot of the samba music that we all like, Girl from Ipanema, uh, Triste, all those songs, Wave, originally were written in Portuguese by Antonio Carlos Obim. Get back to the telephones, Christine in Middletown. Welcome. You're on James Golden, Bo Stanley's Rush Hour here on WABC. How are you, Christine? Good. How are you doing, Mr. Golden? Um, uh, this all this insanity about this non-binary stuff that really frosts my cookies that Vice President Harris addressed it at her meeting the other day and is emboldening this. Um, I want to shed some reality on this, sir. There's, you're either born male or you're born female. Therefore, there are only two genders. There's not three or 30 or 40 like all these liberals are claiming. There are not. But let me just add something to this, Christine. There are some people, as I have come to find out. Now, we all know that there are hermaphrodites, what we call, which are females. Right, intersex. And so there are intersex people. You're not just born male or female, but it's such a small segment of the population though, that we tend not to count that in. But there are people who legitimately, um, for for the way that they're born, one can't tell. And usually what happens is when they get older, they pick or there is some sort of medical intervention in some cases. Yeah, but but friend. biologically, you're right for, for over 99% of human beings, they're born in one of two genders. And that, by the way, also is not just the function of genitals, it's DNA. Exactly. I I could get bottom surgery. That's not going to change the fact I was born male. I'll always be the best woman I can be, but I'll be a woman with an asterisk. That's reality. I can't change it. But yet these liberal, all these non-binary people I know, a good most of them are liberal, and they want to become part of the Rainbow Pride um, county groups just because they could play victim. They're not transgender. They're there for the ride, and it's embarrassment. How can anyone just make up a pronoun or a gender, sir? It just doesn't They're make doing sense. it, and they're trying to force. I don't mind if they do that for themselves. What I do mind is when they try to impose that a, a, a mindset on society. It's okay if you want to do this and you and your group of friends want to call yourselves Zs or or Xs or monkeys or cantaloupes or whatever you want to call yourselves. Doesn't bother me. But don't make me try to say it too or else you're going to punish me. Christine, thank you so very much for the call. We do appreciate it. Let us go to Scarsdale and Gary. Gary, welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm good, James, long-time listener. Um, anyway, the other day on my Verizon TV, all of a sudden when I would use voice activation to get the Fox News, it wouldn't uh, uh, accept Fox News. 
And I figured it was a one- or two-day glitch and whatnot. But today, I finally called Verizon, and the guy does it. He says, let me try it here. And he said when he went to activate Fox News, again, it wouldn't recognize Fox News. It would recognize Fox Television Network and not Fox News. And then we tried also with the Newsmax, and it wasn't. I don't know if it's conspiracy or whatever it is. I don't know if other people are having the problem. I'm out of here in a couple of months. I'm leaving Florida, so I really don't give a damn. But I just found it funny and interesting. Well, Gary, thank you for a look. There Mm -hmm. was no complaint he could register. Well, you just registered a bigger one than if you had gone through Verizon. And I'm sure people that use voice activation will be trying this. And maybe somebody in the journalistic community, if there are any honest journalists left, will take a look at this. Please keep in mind that the other day, Verizon officially threw the OAN network off of its lineup. Now, And that was the last major platform that One American News was on. Now they have been deplatformed completely. And folks, I have talked about this before. If conservatives do not build a parallel economy, including a parallel infrastructure, a media infrastructure, this is going to continue to happen. Let us go to Pennsylvania. Mike, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you? How you doing? Uh, well, uh, real quick. They say it don't matter what I do in my bedroom, but I'll hang my sheet outside with the colors to show you what I did. Then it's the, uh, the other half of it is that it doesn't matter what it does. We have monkeypox now. We have AIDS. Know where it came from. Everybody does. Why don't they talk honestly? And Kamala Harris, when she said what she said, the thing that struck me is she says, my name is Kamala Harris. She didn't say, I'm Vice President Kamala Harris. And I said, boy, she's starting to think like me. She can't believe she's the Vice President either. (laughs) You ended up with a bang, Mike. Thank you so much. We have time for one more. Anthony in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Anthony, welcome. you on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, hi. I just want to let you know that I deliver filters all over the country. They call them filter bags, and they go to all these uh, power plants and incinerators. They call them scrubbers. They take out 99.999%. only thing coming up in the air is steam. That guy does not know what he's talking about. The stuff gets trapped in the water, and they make cinder blocks out of that ash. It is. There are so many great things going on for coal, whether it's dirty coal or clean coal, the filtration systems that are being built are incredible today. So he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Well, Anthony, I'm glad you called in with this. Listen, when we talk about this again, because we will, or else on Saturday, I want to hear more. I want to hear more about what the coal industry is doing, especially since Joe Manchin sold out the coal industry, which is odd because he is in the number one coal-producing state in the United States. But it just goes to show you, Rush, always right. When he said liberals are liberals first, they put their liberalism up in front of everything. They put liberalism in front of their religion. They put liberalism in front of their ideology and in front of their intellect. Liberals will be liberals first. That's it. Cats at Night coming up next. Remember, be here tomorrow for Boston Early's Rush Hour, 4 o'clock. 
May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Always. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, bye. Stand up for your country. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.